keeping our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus all the way to glory. That's next on Abounding Grace. Friend, I want you to know today in Jesus Christ, you are safe and secure. The best place on the planet earth for you is to be found hidden in Christ. And as you walk through this life, you can walk with strength, with purpose, and through the Spirit. And you can look at somebody in the eye even today and give testimony. You can say, God has delivered me. And you fill in the blanks. I'm going to trust Him with my life. I'm going to do what's important and keep my eyes firmly fixed on Him, no matter what comes my way. This is amazing grace. Jesus warned us there'd be many false teachers in the last days, and they are most certainly in our midst. False teachers pose a grave danger to the unsuspecting or the uninformed. We're glad you joined us today for Abounding Grace. Our hope today is to sharpen your ability to discern the truth about false teachers. How does the Bible describe them? What are some of the warning signs? Let's find out together. In 2 Peter chapter 2, here is Pastor Ed Taylor. In verse 19, this is key. While they promise liberty, let me just say something. Nobody can promise you liberty. It's only the sun that sets you free. And when the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I cannot promise you liberty. I can only point you to the one who gives. The one that will free you. The one that will release you. The one that will empower you. It is not a church. And it's not a Bible study. And it's not a special song. We gather together. God has created the environment of gathering together so that we might collectively get our eyes back on the Lord. If only for a few moments. You know, you think about some of you, I know for some of you, perhaps even those of you online or on the radio right now, like you didn't make it into fellowship. You're listening by a distance right now. Why? Because you had a hard day where most of the day your eyes were not on the Lord. You were just wrestling and struggling and it was a battle. It was hard at work. It was hard at home. It was hard in singleness. It was hard with the court case. It was hard. It was hard. And then some of you, you're able to make it into fellowship. You go, well, you know, I just want to be in the atmosphere. Like, man, Ed, I'm just, I just want to be around other believers. I just want to be encouraged. Don't really want to talk to anybody. Don't worry. But I want to be encouraged. I want to be, I want to be where the Lord is. I want to be where he's happening, the praise. I just want to be there. I want to connect by technology. I want to turn on the radio because I need to be reminded of the freedom that's mine in Christ. Because you can live all day and just feel so much in bondage. I mean, so deep in bondage. Just so held back. When you think of the word bondage, I want you to think of the word shackled. Just so removed from the progress that God, and there are those that will promise liberty while at the same time, verse 19, notice, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Or you could say depravity. They're living in sin, promising you freedom, and they can't even walk in freedom themselves. And that's not someone you want to be listening to or following. 
Slaves of corruption, if you follow them, you'll become like them. Remember Jesus, he condemned the religious rulers of the day saying, hey, you know what? You're laying heavy burdens on people that you yourself are not able to carry. You're leading people blind who are going to be, lead the blind into where? The ditch. They're both going to be falling into the ditch. Listen, only Jesus promises and delivers freedom. And sometimes it's the bondage that you're in that gets taken advantage of. That's the weakness in your life. Sometimes it's a very noticeable, noticeable weakness. Someone where you're sharing your heart, wanting somebody to pray with you about it. And they're taking advantage of your vulnerability and asking for prayer. So many false teachers are abounding with their own personal agendas. Just teaching flat out nonsense. Unbiblical nonsense. And I'm telling you, the bondage will hold you back from God's best for your life. It'll keep you in a position of always feeling like you're battling and struggling. Even today, as, as the radio program was ending and the sister called in uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm mean, just so grateful. Uh, Calvary Live is on so many more stations now and across the country. And we're getting these calls for the very first time from folks that have never heard the program. And, and she was talking about, and I want you to pray for her because I talked to her after the show and I sent her into the Calvary Chapel there. And, um, and, and she was talking about the struggle that she has and how she loves God. And perhaps some of you heard it. She loves God and, and yet at the same time, she just isn't surrendering. She has all this knowledge, even, emo even emotions related to God, but she hasn't surrendered. And, and the Lord was very gracious to talk to her. Well, then if you're not following God and you're not wanting to follow God and you're not living a life that pleases God and you're not ready to, to be born again, you're not ready to surrender, then, then where is that energy going? Where, where are you? Obviously, you're in great turmoil and great struggle. So, so the Lord led me to ask her the question, where is that going? And wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? She was in bondage to unforgiveness. Deep, deep unforgiveness over deep, deep pain. It's so deep that even off the air, she didn't share with me what it was. But she affirmed that that's exactly where she is. You know, bondage will hold you back from God's best. When you choose a route that, man, you're, you're just stuck and you're unwilling to surrender. There are people that will prey on that, P-R-E-Y. They'll take advantage of you because of the bondage in your life. And these are those Peter said. They had him in the first century and they still exist now into the 21st century. And they will until the coming of the Lord. Notice in verse 20 as we wind down here, he says, for after they escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it's happened to them according to the true proverb, but dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow or a sow having washed to her own wallowing in the mire. It's a harsh description, a very difficult description about these false teachers. And it, unfortunately, it's brought up so, con so much confusion and controversy, you just missed the point. 
And I think the point is, is like there is a great judgment waiting false teachers. There is a great judgment awaiting unrepentant false teachers. There is a great judgment awaiting those that are teaching falsely, taking advantage of people's vulnerabilities, alluring them sinfully, all of that we read. Remember, let me give you 12 things that, they, that describe them. One, they speak evil of things that don't understand. They will utterly perish in their own corruption. They receive wages of unrighteousness. They carouse in their own deceptions. They have eyes filled with adultery. They cannot cease from sin. They beguile or entice unstable souls. They have forsaken the right way. Number nine, they have gone astray. Number 10, they speak great swelling words of emptiness. 11, they allure through the lust of the flesh. And then finally, they promise liberty. They're slaves of their own corruption. If they die in this condition, it would have been better for them to never know. They're going to receive a stricter judgment for not only their rejection and rebellion against God and resisting Jesus, but using Jesus for their own end. It's a stricter judgment. But the controversy over this section, it comes up from time to time, is this idea of the security of the believer. And some will bring you to this text and say, see, see, it says right here, you can lose your salvation. Well, careful reading, it says, nowhere does that say that, anywhere in this text. It doesn't say anywhere. It just gives a great warning to false teachers. And questions surround, and I think it's important just to address it briefly again, about whether you can lose your salvation. So let's, let me just be clear, on its most simplest level, the Bible teaches us that eternal salvation is eternal. That's why it's called eternal. <laughs> it, it lasts, the same word to describe salvation is the same word that's used to describe God. Eternal. There are two types of people mentioned in this text. Two types of people. Number one, there are true believers. They're the ones being attacked, being enticed. They're the ones on the run. They're the ones that Peter's writing to. They're the ones that he's encouraging. They're the ones that were the first letter and now the second letter. And then the second group are the false teachers. False teachers, notice, escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They escaped. Now, what does that mean exactly, escaped? Well, pollution, I think, is a very key word. Let me bring it to, especially what we've been experiencing here in Denver for a while, uh, you know, smog and the dirt that's in the air. You know, when you, when you think of pollution, that's an outward, that's an outward defilement. It dirties you on the outside. Now, of course, you can make the argument that you can breathe it in, but for the most part, what he's describing is the pollution of the world, the outward influences, and so at times, all of us as believers, we can continually, even as believers, be polluted by the world, tripped up and tangled in some kind of sin. But the thing that believers have that unbelievers don't have is that unbelievers can have a cleansing of the outside. They can have a moral awakening. They could even have a religious experience and still not be born again. There are many well, there are many well-meaning or more well-meaning men and women that are really attempting to live an upright and moral life, but disconnected from God. They're not born again. They're living just based on wanting to be a good person and wanting to do good deeds. What the believer has is not just a cleansing on the outside, but a true cleansing on the inside. A false teacher only escapes the outward pollutions of this world, but not its sinful 
inward corruptions. While a true believer not only is, is cleansed on the outside, but immediately receives a new nature. So that you can say with Paul, I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have been have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new nature, clean from the inside out. That's why when we come back and kind of tie this up, where the promise of liberty from false teachers is not the same promise of liberty from Jesus, because only Jesus can change you on the inside. And when he does, he sets you free. Now, whether you choose to live by faith in the power of God is truly the direction of your life. That's the direction your life will take. But that's why I believe, Christians, you don't have to be in bondage to anything. You can freely walk away from those things that have held you back. That includes any substance. That includes any addiction. That includes any overwhelming sin. And it doesn't have to be a, a change all of a sudden. Or I resolve to leave this behind. But rather a simple choice to trust God in the moment. To trust God in the moment. I mean, some of you have a truly, let me, let's, let's speak on, a, uh, on an easy thing. Some of you listening to me right now, you have a very foul mouth. You have really foul things that come out of your mouth at work, come out of your mouth perhaps at home, or maybe you've reduced it now. The only time you have foul things come out of your mouth is in your car with the windows up. And you've made some great improvement. Now you're not cussing anywhere but your car and your head. And you look at that and you think, you know, that's just who I am. That's who I am. I'm just a cusser. And I especially have an affinity for the F-bomb, you might say. That's my favorite word. Well, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been delivered from that foul mouth. You have been delivered. You don't have to use those kind of words anymore that are filthy, that are coarse jesting, that are harmful, that, that are just not conducive with the Spirit of God in your life. You, you, aren't, you, you, you are no longer bound by that. And, and you're thinking, well, you know what, Ed, what I need is I need to be delivered all of my life. That's what I need. I, I just, God, deliver me for the rest of my life. And so you've set it up in such a way where you think, okay, God's going to deliver me for the next 40 years of my life. And then you drive home from church. I mean, literally, you're driving home from church. Literally, you're right out here. You just turn. Somebody cuts you off. And what are you doing in your car? Dropping the F-bomb on the guy that cut you off. And you're like, oh, Lord, I thought you'd deliver me for the rest of my life. I can't believe you didn't deliver me for the rest of my life. And then you just kind of give up on walking by faith because then you resolve, well, here I am. I'm just always going to be a cusser. That's my life. I'm just really not free from it. It's just going to be one of my vices. It's going to be who I am. Not so. Not so because you're approaching it in the wrong way. God, he, he's wanting you not to worry about the future with your foul mouth. Just abide in him right now. And most of you in this room, have not cussed for the last 90 minutes. Maybe some of you have got the words swirling around your head. Or maybe I used, I, I, I then said something and it triggered in you and you just said it in your head or whatever. I don't know. But most of you, you were able to get an hour and a half without any type of word in your mind or your mouth. But you just take it for granted. That that was the power of God in your life, not you. It wasn't you. You go, Ed, you don't understand. I've just been so good. I don't do that anymore. No, if you're a born-again believer, you have been changed by God. 
It is his nature, his work in you that has cleaned your mouth up, cleaned your mind up, sobered you up, kept you away from licentiousness and sin. And so we need to change our thinking because right thinking is going to lead to right, to lead to right living, right? We need to change our thinking and begin to give God the glory for the great things he has done and freeing us from our bondages moment by moment, day by day. And anytime somebody comes up after service and is excited about their sobriety, I'm always excited when somebody comes up, whether they're showing me a chip or they're sharing with me, it's been a day, two months. When somebody comes up, even today, they just say, hey, Pastor, you know what I'm saying? It's been three months. And I'm like, three months you've been sober? Praise the Lord. That is awesome. And remember when it was a day? Yep. Remember when it was three days? I do. Remember it was a week? Yes. I go, this is what God's doing in your life. Days become weeks, weeks become months, months become years, and years become a lifetime. Look at what God is doing. Three months, I was three months now. I was three months at one time. And it's been 30 years now. 30 years of the life-giving work of Jesus Christ. And so you don't have to be in bondage. Because God has changed you from the inside out. You have the Spirit of God. Unbelievers do not have the Spirit of God in them. They don't have the power. When you're saved, you have the Spirit of God bearing witness with you. You have eternal life. Yes, for those that continue in this falsehood and false teaching and die in their sin, verse 21, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. It would have been better. There is a heavier judgment. They're just like, verse 22, the dog that returns to its own vomit, which is disgusting, by the way. Disgusting. Or like the pig, having been all washed up, goes right back to the mud. Friend, I want you to know today, in Jesus Christ, you are safe and secure. The best place on the planet Earth for you is to be found hidden in Christ and as you walk through this life, you can walk with strength, with purpose, and through the Spirit. And, and you can look at somebody in the eye, even today, and give testimony. You can say, God has delivered me, and you fill in the blanks. There may be few people who go, oh, what do you mean? Man? You were, I was just parting with you last week. Yeah, that's the dramatic change that God has done in my life. Oh, yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, you just watch my life. Because I'm going to live moment by moment in the strength of the Lord. I'm going to trust him with my life. I'm going to do what's important and keep my eyes firmly fixed on him. No matter what comes my way. You look at the strength and purpose you have in life. And then you begin to look around and say, hey, you know, what about so and so? Look at their life. And man, they look like they're living for the devil. Well, maybe they're still loyal to the devil. You need to pray for them. Maybe that's just their deal. Because I believe there is always true change in the believer's life. Don't worry about the other guy anyway. What about you? <laughs> There's a lot of people that send confusing messages. And you go, does that what believers do? And that what Christians do? And it can be very confusing. But that's only because we're watching people instead of watching the Lord. Jesus Christ will never confuse you. His life will never cause you to stumble. He'll never cause you to fall. He'll, Jesus will never lead you in a ditch. And even if you find yourself in a ditch, you'll find Jesus there with you to deliver you and to bring you out. You can trust him with your life. 
It's so important, church, that you know the truth, that you read your Bible every day and pray every day, that draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, that you live in the truth and you reject false teachings and false teachers. You know, when they show up to your door, just say no thanks. No thank you. Don't even let them start their spiel. Don't let them hand you. I know because they prey on that, that kindness that you have, that genuineness. And I mean, unless you really know the scriptures and you're very mature, and even in my own studies, those guys are so well-trained, they must have my address. After a while, they say, don't go back there. But then after a while, they say, send the strongest one to him. And they're really well-trained. You just sit there and go, man, that you made up a good one there. And if you're not in that, most of us aren't. Just say, no, thank you. Oh, but Ed, Ed, I want to share the gospel with them. Look, leave it to the Lord. Commit them to the Lord. You keep your eyes on the Lord. You stay focused. You stay committed. Because remember this, wherever God is doing a wonderful and glorious work, the enemy is not too far behind trying to destroy it. It's true for you, and it's true for me. Today on Abounding Grace, we've been in 2 Peter as Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through this marvelous book. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to take in a steady dose of God's Word is through the app and podcast. It's free. Just search for Ed Taylor. Pastor Ed, while we're on the subject of false teachers, let's say someone knocks on our door or we encounter one at church or at the grocery store. How should we respond to them? Well, let's start, Larry, with how we shouldn't respond to them. We shouldn't overreact or freak out about it because we know that there are false teachers among us. That we'll, we'll, we'll meet people that believe differently than us, hold different views, even to the point of being full-blown false teachers, right? So we don't know really yet what we're dealing with, except that we know we're dealing with another human being created in the image of God. And we want to be able to respect them uh, as the humans that they are before we overreact. And if indeed there's true false teaching, then we answer it with the truth. And we point people back to the word. We do so firmly. We do so unapologetically. We do so with a dependence upon the Holy Spirit with a heart to protect the flock, to protect those around us. But I think if we start out just knowing, hey, God has put me in their path. Uh, He's put me, he's allowed me to be a part of their path. And even if I don't have all the theological answers or I don't know how to go through all their fanciful, weird stuff, I don't even need to listen to all that. I can pray with them. I can pray for them uh, and point them to the Lord. And I would just caution you that you don't have to listen and be, have your mind soiled by all their weird stuff either. You can just stop them, say, you know what, uh, let's go talk to my pastor or, you know, here, let me recommend a good book. But uh, depending on where you are in the faith, you're going to respond being led by the Holy Spirit. And I know some of you guys, some of you gals are super strong apologetics. You, you're super strong in doctrine. You're going to give a good, strong answer. 
Uh, I know recently I was being asked some questions on the topic, uh, the false teaching, the heresy of universalism. And what it did for me is it put me back to read up on it and study it because it's been a long time since I read up and studied on it. And now I feel far more equipped. A lot of things were reminded and I was able to give some direction uh, and some insight on that topic. So you can answer them and go back and study and grow in the truth. That's a great question. That's very helpful. Thanks again. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, we'll send you a copy of Ebenezer Stones by Catherine McDougall. Are you discouraged or filled with anxiety today? It's often due to getting our focus off of God and onto our problems and difficulties. Well, this book will help you get your focus back where it should be, onto our faithful God. Catherine shows how an ordinary stone can be a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness. We appreciate the generosity of our listeners. It helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. Thank you for standing with us. Call 877-30-GRACE. And don't forget to request Ebenezer Stones when you give $25 or more. That's 877-30-GRACE or online at calvaryco.store. Be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of 2 Peter. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.